0: Welcome to Stories in the Dark, a podcast about strange and creepy things. Come listen to the dark. Hello everyone. For this week's episode, we have a bit of a surprise. We are doing a mid-week podcast, and so we're going to mix it up a little bit and add in some different stories this week. The fairy tales this week are Dark and twisted fairy tales. The theme is that not all fairy tales have happy endings, and these ones never do. Not all fairy tales have happy endings, and my sisters and I are the ones who make sure that is true. You'll find us when the queen gives birth to a monster when the princess drowns in the lake. We are the ones who make sure the prince never rescues the sleeping girl or the king marries the wrong sister, and everyone lives unhappily ever after. This is our work, and I've always been proud of it. So be careful what you wish for. Your fairy tale just might have me in it. For our first story, Katerina will be reading Seven Sisters. It's a fun little tale about sisterhood. What could possibly go wrong?
1: Seven Sisters Seven sisters went tripping down the stairs. Seven sisters trailed ribbons in the air. Seven sisters dance barefoot in the grass. Seven sisters gather flowers in the field. Seven sisters braid each other's hair. Seven sisters sip nectar in the dew. Seven sisters giggle before they sleep. Seven sisters whisper secrets on their pillows. Seven sisters minus one close their eyes against the night. One sister stays up and listens to the scratching in the walls. One sister spins from bed to bed. Seven sisters minus one will never wake again. For our next fairy
0: tale, I will be reading The King. The king is a story about a poor old king who keeps losing his wives, and so now he must find a new one. One day, the king found himself in sudden need of a new wife, for the last one had the misfortune of passing away in a very unexpected fashion. Although, some wondered, unexpected by whom? "'possibly only the girl herself. "'So the king did what kings do, "'and he threw himself a gigantic party, "'full of fanciful ice sculptures "'and towers of tiny cakes and edible roses, "'all sorts of things sure to enchant a girl, "'the perfect girl, "'to marry him and bring an end to his wanting.'" All of the girls and ladies of the kingdom came, dressed in their finest, hoping to catch the eye of the quite sturdy king, who filled his robes to excess and had the loveliest veins about his swollen nose and eyes. He perched on his throne, up high on a dais, and observed the various beautiful prospects tinkling about the room, nibbling on roses or delicately sniffing at the tiny cakes with their tiny jeweled hands. He was quite beside himself with the choices. In fact, he couldn't remember the last time he'd felt so effulgently delighted with the company around him. It's a good thing I'm about to find a wife, he told himself, else I would get myself into all sorts of trouble throwing parties like this all the time. For be certain... His eyes did twinkle at the most inappropriately young girls, and he couldn't seem to keep his hands from wandering near the servants when they passed. Surely, he thought rather wrongly, a new wife will keep me in line. All the ladies promenaded and twirled through the room telling enchanting stories and laughing gaily as if they had not all spent three months' rent on new dresses and shoes and powder that would poison them if they wore it too long, all to be ever more beautiful to this catch, this monarch. The evening wore on, and all the ladies' feet grew tired of dancing and standing on tiptoe and twirling delightedly, And one by one, they began to drop into chairs and chaises and couches that had been set around the room, perfect for lounging and posing and generally showing off one's best side while also possibly resting one's bleeding feet. The ladies dropped one by one until, at last, the only girls standing were a set of sisters from the foggy aisles, three girls who had grown up shrouded by mist and sheltered from the very cosmopolitan capital city. The three sisters stood, suddenly thrust into the metaphorical spotlight by the very prominent absence of the other ladies, and awkwardly looked about, as if wondering if they should be seated as well. Suddenly struck by a most brilliant inspiration— for who else to keep a rowdy king in line than an innocent dairy girl? In his mind, he had decided that they were all milkmaids, even though he knew not what a milkmaid did. The king waved at the girls and whispered to his adviser that they should be brought before him. The adviser, who we have not mentioned up till now, was a very odd creature, small in stature similar to a dwarf or sprite, And had no easily determined gender. This advisor came and went but was only ever seen in the company of the king. While the king was at times without the company of the dwarf, the dwarf never appeared without the king. This oddity aside, the dwarf was entirely unremarkable and we should pay it no more attention. And so, as kings do, This king had his way, and the three sisters were brought up to the dais to stand before the king. They curtsied as their nana had taught them and cast their eyes downward. They even clutched their skirts with hands full of nerves and tried not to shuffle their feet. One of them, the eldest, slyly looked up at the king through her lashes. He started, then cleared his throat and shifted in his throne. He liked that one. The king asked them all the normal questions about their family and upbringing and beliefs and habits of cleanliness. The eldest kept flirting with him outrageously. The youngest was very shy and sweet, but she would barely say a word in answer. Too young, the adviser whispered in his ear. The king had no choice but to agree. He did not need a wife who would rather play with dolls than warm his bed. His eyes kept straying to the eldest with her full bosom and ready smile. Too experienced, the advisor advised, and the king, who usually liked the advice of his advisor very much, struggled with this. But when the girl went too far and winked at him openly, brazenly, he had to admit the advisor was, once again, correct. That left only the middle sister, the one who neither flirted nor hid, but instead looked at him as if measuring him for a suit. Her eyes were shrewd and her hands looked capable of, well, anything at all. He stared at those hands for a while, imagining all the things they might be good at, until the advisor caught his eye and nodded. This level-headed girl was exactly the one for him. And so it was. The other sisters wept with happiness for their sister, who looked stoic but pleased, and the kingdom cheered and celebrated, for there was nothing like a royal wedding to cleanse a kingdom of the memory of the royal funeral that preceded it. The wedding had all the pomp one would expect from a king in a hurry to get to know his new bride— There was dancing and feasting and the traditional bedding of the bride and groom, with the whole party laughing and making bawdy jokes and passing drinks around the royal bedroom. The men gave filthy and entirely unnecessary advice to the king, and at one point the dwarf even whispered into the young bride's ear. Finally, the king had enough and sent everyone out with a roar, He was eager to be alone with his new bride and teach her the ways of kings and their wives. He loosened his robe after barring the bedroom door. He'd been so lonely since his wife died, and the one before her, and the one before that. It was a lonely business, being the king, and wives were so, so fragile. But this one, this one, would be strong enough to handle him. His new bride sat perched on the edge of the bed, watching him walk the length of the bedroom towards her, the fire casting dancing shadows on her face. No one had heard her voice all night, but that was just fine. The king and his men talked so much that no one noticed. The king watched her for a moment, then walked over to the chest at the foot of the bed. I have a present for you, my sweet. First he laid out a white gown, his own design. When she put it on, it was very short, leaving her legs and more bare. It was open in the back and had laces that tied just under her bosoms. She flushed to be wearing such a costume, especially for her new husband, the king. Then he took out soft cuffs, which he gently fastened around her wrists and ankles. She watched him with her wide, wide eyes as he hooked the cuffs on her wrists to the bedposts. He whispered soothing words to her as he did these things, but in truth, his mind was elsewhere. His gaze turned inward, looking at something only he could see. When he got out the paddles and the knives, she must have made a noise, for who wouldn't, seeing such ghastly things on their wedding night? But in truth, he did not hear her if she did. He eyed the slim but strong length of her body, saw the lack of fear in her eyes, and said again to himself, Oh yes, if this one survives the wedding night, such a wife she will be. And he did have such hopes for he was so very tired of finding new wives. And so in that locked bedroom, he began to live out his happily ever after with his new wife. And if there were shrieks in the night, everyone in the palace knew it was just the king and his bride sharing their first night together. In the morning, the palace woke to find the royal bedroom unbarred, the door slightly open, The first few streaks of blood caused no alarm, for this was the bedroom of the king. But when the royal valet and the maid approached the bed, their own screams rang out through the palace. For the king lay alone in the torn and bloody sheets, gouged and shredded and lumpy in his ignoble death, and his new bride nowhere to be found." Earlier that morning, in the time before the dawn, a young milkmaid made her way back to her sisters, back to the foggy aisles, licking the blood from her fingers. She stopped only to leave a tribute to the fair folk in the woods on her way home, for she had been given a very large favor by the creature in the palace, the creature known as the adviser to the king. And milkmaids know to always give the fair folk their due."